0: Monday Monday afternoon, afternoon. theologians. Here we are again, and we're kicking off
1: A New Season. (moon) A new season? How can we do that? It's not done with winter yet. We're not even close to spring, and according to Puxitani Phil, I don't know. He's probably better than the groundhog that was in Canada when they were waiting for him to come out and he wouldn't come out. He wouldn't come out. So they went in after him and he'd met his demise in the little den. And so I think that means Canada is going to have winter forever. They're going to have a new ice age.
0: (laughs) We got one locally in Michigan too, and he disagreed with Phil this year.
1: Well, good for him.
0: I can't remember. It's, it's like a W something. It's like Willy Wonka or something. I can't remember. <laughs> but they said that our groundhog in Michigan has been right more often percentage wise than Puxatonti Phil. Puxatonti Phil.
1: And we're expecting 14 to 24 inches of new snow between now and tomorrow evening. Aren't you lucky?
0: Yeah. And today on Valentine's Day, when we're recording this, by the way, here in Michigan, it's like 50 degrees and sunny outside. How nice. Oh, nice. Well, I'm looking forward to this season and I'm looking forward to it for several reasons. One of them is that I have become more aware of spiritual fruit in my life because you and I started talking about what we wanted to do several weeks ago. And so it's been sloshing around up in that jello like brain of mine and also a friend of mine it's a part of our one of our small groups at our church that we're called old guys having coffee because we're really big on titles one of the old guys that has coffee with us had said i really like technicalities i'm into that you know he rebuilds trucks and stuff he said but some of the sermons that i hear when it gets very technical sounds like you're explaining the owner's manual to a vehicle And he said, and that's good. And I appreciate that because I'm an owner's manual kind of guy. He said, but sometimes you also want to get to the part where they tell you how to drive the car. (laughs) And what he was saying, I think is, I liked some practical application to say, how does this flesh itself out in my life on a regular basis day to day? And I thought, well, that's really good. And that's going to help us, I think, because that's where we're headed in this particular season. Season six. We're looking at a very practical application, and we're going to be looking through many of the practical expressions of the nine fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control.
1: It's interesting that separately from my experience just before the first of the year, where I was convicted about the fruit of the Spirit and how some of them were not manifesting in my life. And so I thought, well, maybe I ought to explore that as my challenge for the new 2023, not so much as a resolution, but more as life application. And then a couple of weeks later, you came in and said, you know, we've talked about this and we've talked about that, but I'm thinking that we may want to concentrate on the fruit of the spirit because of the application that is going to be impactful in the lives of our fellow theologians because we have taken a hard look at some very intricate things in theology in previous seasons and uh, i think we're both looking for a way for the application to impact our own lives and those in this afternoon theologians flock to help them with the practical applications that come from the Bible and how we manifest Jesus into the life of others.
0: Absolutely. Well said. And we're looking forward to doing just that. It's already starting to manifest itself more. And my awareness has grown a lot. I'm developing a new sense of fruit awareness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've heard it said both fruits and fruit. Yes. So I'm saying it's all one single, but mm-hmm. yet I think we can break them apart and call them fruits as well.
0: I think you're right. Here's a picture that comes to mind when you say that. It is when you look at a spider web, we say web singular, but it's made up of a whole bunch of different strands. And so we could say spider webs and and it would be right, but we normally just call it one. And so when we think of the fruit collectively, all nine being put into play because of the Holy Spirit activating those, activate the spirit. He activates those in our lives. And as we do so, we start to see how interconnected they all become. And I've noticed that we'll run across that a lot in this next few weeks, because we're going to see how when you're exercising self-control, that's one way to show love and it brings you peace. So you can see how they all just really combine together. So it's okay if you want to say fruits, plural, or if you want to say fruit, singular, we don't really care. We're not going to dock your pay or give you a demerit if you use one or the other.
1: So as we start this season, we, uh, we chatted about whether to just take them in order or in reverse order or random order. And I think we decided we'll just take them right as they're listed and we'll start with love. And why not? It's such an important part of our lives because of how much God loves us and how much He expects us to show that love in the lives of others. When we talk about love, we can look at passages that say god is love but it's kind of ethereal and so we might want to take again a more practical look at it and how we can take the concept of love and break it down into ways that we can show love to others
0: Mm -hmm. i like that idea and i know that i recommend a book and it was really cool because when i looked at your notes that you sent as you were thinking through this, it's another one of those affirmations, just like when we both kind of hit on the idea of fruit of the spirit at very close to the same time, same thing happened. I looked at one of these things that you said, you know, maybe we could use the five love languages from that book called the five love languages to start showing some practical ways that people can express love. And I thought, That is so good. It resonates with me because I recommend that book to couples when I'm doing premarriage counseling with them. And I think it's a great place to start. And it's so practical. So ding, ding, ding. I feel like the Holy Spirit was involved in leading us to that as one of the things that we can do to kick this thing off. And maybe you can describe for us this first love language that people have and uh, talk about how we can express that to others.
1: The concept really resonated with me from a long time back. And I'm I'm just gonna run through them really quickly and then we'll we'll talk about them individually. And the five are acts of service or things that we can do for someone else. There's gifts when we give something to somebody else, time or the fact that we are in the presence of somebody else for extended periods. There's words of affirmation, which means that we're just building somebody up with the words that we say. Mm -hmm. And then there's physical touch, So all five of those are different ways that people will show and accept the love that we have for them.
0: One of the things that I recalled instantly when I read that list was Mm -hmm. something that I had read in a biography of the singer Rich Mullins, who's in heaven now. There was a time when he got in an argument with his road manager. The road manager, who was a female, woke up to a sound outside her window, and it sounded like a motor running or something and she couldn't figure out what that noise was and she went to her window and peeked out through a crack in the window and looked down and it was the next day after their argument and there was rich mullins this famous then pretty famous singer mowing her lawn and she recognized that that was rich's way of saying i'm really sorry i was wrong (laughs) he was doing an act of service for her by mowing her lawn and i love that it's so great so you can see this manifested in a number of ways somebody will get up go and do the dishes, even though they weren't asked to do so. That's an act of service. Some guy might see his wife struggling with the vacuum cleaner, and she's done that time after time. And he goes, you know, I could actually serve my wife by vacuuming today. I'm going to do that for her. There are many ways that we can do that. And I love that because it's very practical.
1: Well, and I think of those very practically in the relationship I have with my wife because at this point I have the luxury of being moderately retired, although there are some things that I still do to add to the family income, Mm -hmm. but I do most of the cooking in the house. Each day I set up the coffee to go the next morning. Just this morning I went to the grocery store because that's part of the mesh of uh, tasks that we have worked out so that she can do the things that she wants to do. Uh, She's still working in a, a profession. And so she spends a lot of her time there. So I take up many of the tasks that would normally be considered in the female side of the equation for a relationship. But that's just tradition. That's certainly not how it has to work. There are many acts of service that go into my pile that I don't even think about anymore, because that just is how our household runs more smoothly.
0: I love that. And I love the fact that you can adjust your roles and they don't have to be traditional roles. And I also love the fact that you can actually cook because Joy and I visited you guys last year and you did cook and you actually have a gift in that area, which means that it's a blessing to her. One of the acts of service that I could do for my wife would be to not cook. (laughs) And I'm sure she would be very appreciative of that. If I can order out and go pick up dinner and bring it in, she's much more appreciative of that act of service than if I tried to actually cook.
1: Well, I was thinking about this act of service. There's a a friend of ours that we've known for a long, long time, and his love language, he says, was food, because he says, what I do is I feed people. I mean, that's his expression to others. And we all appreciated it, even if our primary love language was something else.
0: No kidding yeah most everybody can agree on that one
1: (laughs) and when we were actually sharing a house um, there were always you know strays and so forth that came in for holiday meals and uh, it was almost an open invitation to pretty much anybody who wanted to come join us that was his love gift kind of a combination of the first two it was an act of service but it also was a gift
0: I love it. That's so good. And I've appreciated that too. You reminded me of that. This is the first time I've thought about that guy in a long time. And I love that. What is the next one on the list that you read for us? And how can we express that to others?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting that being on Valentine's day, it is a big gift giving day. And it's an interesting day because they're kind of expected when i went to the grocery this morning because i wanted to beat the storm uh, i saw a number of people with flowers in their carts Uh, one guy was untying some balloons that had the shape of hearts and they were red and pink it was a an expected gift giving day and yet in my household we talk about it and we go we don't need that but for some if they don't get something today and it's not something really nice, they're going to be peeved. I mean, I spent a long time in the flower business, and Valentine's Day was one of the two busiest days of the entire year. And we made a nice profit on Valentine's week, as we did at Mother's Day, because some sort of something was expected on this love day we sent out a ton of stuff there were some happy recipients and there were some not necessarily <laughs> happy recipients because of the size of the gift that they received Uh-oh. i'm sure and
0: it's funny because i noticed in talking with a lot of couples in premarriage counseling especially People can be speaking what they think is a real love language, and they're just shouting at the other person, so to speak, through that love language. And if a person is spending a lot of money on little gifts for their special other, and that person is not really resonating with that, it's possible that that's not their love language. Like if they are a person with physical touch as their love language, they say, I just want to cuddle on the couch and watch a movie together because I like being close to you. The other person's saying, yes, but I spent all this money and I shopped for four hours finding just the right thing. And you acted like you didn't even appreciate it. It's because we're talking past each other. It's like we're speaking two different languages and the other person doesn't have the interpretation of what you just said. So it's good for us, for one thing, to read the book, and I recommend it, The Five Love Languages, but it's also good for us to try to actually listen to the other person and understand, oh, how do you sense that I'm loving you? because that's the language I need to learn so that I can speak their language as I'm doing that. So it may be that if you're a gift giver, but your special other is not actually acting like they're receiving that very well, maybe you need to find out what their love language is, and you can start learning a new language.
1: And It's interesting that you chose those two, because I have a story that goes with it, because my primary language is physical touch. God. And there was a gal in my office when I was at the chamber, her primary language was gifts and so whereas her hugging me in the office setting would have been inappropriate in today's pc world right she would just bring in random things she says oh i saw this and i thought of you Uh, or she would come in in the morning with cinnamon rolls or she would decorate the office of the coworkers for their birthday Mm -hmm. with a little something on the table to go with it, to say, I'm thinking about you because gifts to other people is how I express my love for them. It was appreciated by me who understood that that's what she was doing, even though it wasn't my primary language, Mm -hmm. it still was appreciated. And I knew that she was thinking about and caring for me in the way that she felt best.
0: Yes, that's true. And she could not, like you're saying, she could not use your primary language in a way because of this PC world. It might have been misconstrued, and we have to be very cautious about that. We don't want to send the wrong signals. And so I get that. And it's good. And it's nice that you recognized it and took the time to get to know what her love language was so that you could appreciate the fact, oh, she's showing me that she really cares.
1: Yeah, exactly. The next one is time. Mm Mm-hmm. Time just means being together. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be doing something uh, dramatic or consequential. It's just being in the same location and sharing that space and doing something that you both enjoy at the same time. That's the way that some people will demonstrate their love. And I have a good friend I've known for many, many years. Time was really important to her in a relationship. and it never resonated with me the same way but to her that's how she knew that somebody cared about her especially when she was looking at a romantic relationship something we never had together but we did spend time together uh, doing various things and she worked with me on some projects and uh, i know that she appreciated the time that we spent together even though it wasn't that kind of relationship but i knew That as she was seeking that through a number of gentlemen friends that she had, that it was difficult for her when that other person didn't want to be with her.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I've seen that happen a lot with couples. The, The guy will be working extra hours so that he can get lots of money because he might be thinking that those gifts that he's giving are helping show his love. And the wife is going, I know, but you're gone all the time. We're never together. And I just want you to show me that you care about me. So you're not emotionally there for me. <laughs> and he's going, but I'm doing this all for you. So you can see how they're really missing each other in their love languages by that. It's important for those of us guys sometimes who, and I've talked with a lot of men who are this way, we tend to want to map out our route in the grocery store and we try to beat last week's time on how quickly we can get the items we're going to get when we go to the grocery store. Many men are like that, we're competitive. And we want to be efficient, whereas sometimes the women in our lives, not all of them, but some, many, <laughs> will want to stand around and look at the stuff and they'll wander around and they, they're zigzaggy. They're kind of the spaghetti route instead of doing the efficient route, which used to drive me up the wall because I would be thinking I could be home working on another piece of music and an arrangement right now. And here we are spaghettiing our way through the store. So I had to slow myself down and think, wait a minute, I am speaking one of her primary love languages by spending time with her. I need to be writing that song in my head while I'm smiling and nodding at her and watching her read the labels on these jars, but I need to spend time with her and not be irritated by that because it's easy for us to get irritated if we don't think the other person is valuing us, but by valuing her and giving her my time, it was making a big difference. And we do that almost weekly now. Joy and I will go out and spend a couple of hours. We have a couple of different stores that we go to because we get better prices on stuff at this one. And it's a good time together. And uh, we've learned to appreciate that that is one of the love languages that communicates with one another.
1: I think that's the first time I've ever heard spaghetti as a verb. <laughs> yep. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, and, and in the relationship I have with my wife, you know, we will spend time together you know, maybe watching a movie or something and just being there in the same room together. And often we'll chat about stuff and we'll make a private joke about something that's going on in the movie and we don't have to be doing anything particularly special. But that's one of the ways that we are communicating that our relationship is important to each other.
0: That's for sure. I also thought about something that uh, really communicated big time for me when I was playing trombone a lot in college. My father, who grew up, in the sand hills of New Mexico, he became an engineer. He worked outside a lot in the first half of his career. And then he was doing a lot more engineering stuff on paper, helping plan stuff in an office later on. But he still loved to be outside a lot. And he, he wasn't really terribly musically inclined. He said he played the radio. That was the instrument that he played. But he showed up a lot. I noticed that when I would have a concert to play with our wind ensemble from Grand Canyon College, where you and I both attended dad would show up. He'd be there in the audience. And he actually told me toward my senior year, he said, you know, it just brings me a lot of pleasure to watch you play trombone. And that was probably one of the kindest things he could have ever said to me. Cause he was, he came from a family that they didn't say, I love you a lot, especially the men that, you know, guys, they're just not that gushy, but for him to say that to me and for him to show up and give me his time, man, that communicated to me. I care about you because I love you. So even if somebody doesn't use the word love a lot, listen to their love language. It may be that they've been communicating that to you all along.
1: Yeah, and I think right there you show that there are ways that some of these languages overlap. Yeah. Because he was there in the audience spending his time to be part of your life, mm-hmm. and then he used words of affirmation to say, you do this really well and i enjoy the fact that i can come and enjoy you expressing your musicality so he had words of affirmation to go with the time so good what's next on our list of the five love languages well let me say the the words of affirmation we can explore those a little more which is where we will not necessarily say i love you but It might be, I'm proud of you, or you did a really nice job with that, or I really like the new haircut with that great color that you've added in there. I mean, there are so many ways that we can let people know that we are aware that they are part of our life and what's going on in their life is also important to us.
0: Yeah, I love that. And my mom was good at that. She would always have a word of affirmation for everybody. And I knew it was going to be coming. I just expected it. We would go to a fast food restaurant. And I knew, oh, oh, here it comes. Here comes the compliment. She would say, oh, I love your fingernails. And a person who might have been rushed and a little frazzled would suddenly melt. And they would say, oh, well, thank you. Somebody noticed. And then they would give my mom the best service. (laughs) So it comes back to you in a number of ways. But my mom had a way of doing that. I also was reminded of one of my favorite English teachers. I was a freshman in high school. And I believe her last name was Reminder, because I remember Mrs. Reminder. And she said to me after class one time, she said, Mr. Cawthorn, I just needed to let you know that you're very articulate. And I said, oh, well, thank you. And I said, thank you, because I knew that was a compliment, but I had to go home and look it up. (laughs) And what she was saying was, I have a way of putting words together that I can communicate well. And that struck a nerve with me. That was such a lift to my spirits, but it also propelled me to want to do better in English, and to put words together in a way that would help other people. And here I wound up going into a profession where I use words all the time. And thank you, Mrs. Reminder, for that word of affirmation.
1: Well, and you also have written a number of books, and every week you put together a sermon that requires you to use words to get across a message that will bless your congregation. Something similar when a good friend of mine said, what I had mentioned to him that I didn't feel like I was very creative. And he said, you are one of the most creative people I have ever known. <laughs> and I was blown away because I had never considered myself in that frame of creativity.
0: Isn't that and at funny? that
1: moment, it gave me permission to go on to do so many things that I now see are absolutely creative. And I'm creative almost every day. I trace it back to that one particular moment in time. Isn't that powerful?
0: I love that. And that
1: was something that
0: God inspired somebody to say to you. And I think that is God speaking through his people sometimes to propel us into doing things that he's created us for.
1: Right. I mean, I spent many, many years in the flower business being creative with flowers and greenery and shapes and colors and sizes and all sorts of things. I mean, I taught floral design for goodness sake and talked about all of those principles that go into being creative. And uh, I've written 14 plays. I've written five books. Um, You know, Every day I'm doing something creative in the the little business that I have. And I say it went back to a word of affirmation that that particular person probably doesn't even remember. But I sure do.
0: Just like that teacher. I'm sure she doesn't remember me at all, much less what she said to me. But that was huge. And I think it's great too, that we can see that. I love what you said about it set you free to be the you that God created you to be. Now we were using, like you said, that you didn't know spaghetti was a verb. Well, I didn't know creative was a noun, but apparently there are a lot of people today described as creatives. He's a creative. And I would think a creative what? (laughs) Generally speaking, they are creative at the core, and you certainly are. I've been to your basement. I know how creative you are.
1: <laughs> well, we call it the dungeon, uh, but it is you know where my wife and I do creative things, whether it's painting or glasswork or beads or floral design or my little business or whatever, and it's just different ways that we mimic the God that created us by being creative and some of the things that we're now doing are specifically pointed towards sharing his word.
0: You two really are a marriage made in creative heaven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she keeps saying, I need to retire so I can do all my hobbies. Yeah. No <laughs> and kidding. we're working towards that.
0: I love it. Well, I have a couple of uh, illustrations coming up for this next one, but I'm sure you do too. And what about that one that you said is one of your primary love languages, which is physical touch?
1: Physical touch. That's right. When when somebody expresses their appreciation to me, whether it's a hand on the shoulder, it's a hug, it's a holding to my hand a little longer than might normally be expected, that means something to me that says, I want to be close to you. And they say, in, in today's world, we lose that because there's so much going on in the secular world that says, Touching somebody in any way is always wrong.
0: That's a shame because there are so many good things that can be done. I know that uh, my sister was a teacher for years, wonderful teacher. She started with kindergarten kids at that level. And I visited her classroom when she was teaching second grade one time. And she was wonderful at that. And these kids would look at her almost like a surrogate mom in some cases, because there's some difficult home situations represented in those classrooms. And I could watch those kids come in and just hug her up tight, and she loved on them in a way that was very appropriate, and she was a female teacher, which worked really well. I think male teachers probably have a much more difficult route to take these days, because we do have to be very aware that some people will misconstrue even the simplest hug or touch. So it's really good for us to know what's the way that we can do that appropriately, but We need to be able to communicate that, especially well to the person that is maybe our special other in our life.
1: I saw a teacher who had a really interesting way of affirming each one of her students every morning. When they would line up in the hallway to come into her room, each of them would request a way to be affirmed. And sometimes it was a high five and sometimes it was a little hug and sometimes it was a little dance that they would do together. And it was, again, taking a couple of the love languages and combining them to affirm the child. And in many cases, it was just a really simple little physical touch that she was very aware of how to get those students to be part of her life as she was reaching out to them in the classroom, but also reaching out to them in a very personal way.
0: I love that. I I really appreciate the fact that she took the time to have them tell her which things would mean the most to them too, because she was listening for their love language as well. Like you're saying, that's beautiful. Uh, joy and I had to kind of figure out one thing too, because one of my love languages is a head scratch. And it took me a few years before I realized where that probably was formed. And it came out of my childhood because I remember that my mom had this habit when we would go to church of tearing a Wrigley's gum, spearmint gum in half and giving my sister one half and me one half. Just before the sermon started, (laughs) which was something that we could work on with our mouths, which means that we would not be talking through the sermon. But when I was little, like two, three years old, I would get tired. And so she would allow me to tip over and put my head in her lap and she would just scratch my little head. And I love that. That was kind of like ASMR, which is a big deal today. But oh boy, it just gave me all kinds of wonderful little chills and thrills. And I thought, oh, I'm being loved. I'm in a safe place. Church is a good thing. It just reinforced all that was good about life. And I realized that my wife also would like to be able to watch TV and do some stuff. And she likes for us to be in the same proximity, just like what you were talking about. But one of the ways that we can do that is she loves to have me rub lotion on her feet. She gets heels that can get cracked and dry. So she'll say now, we have this shorthand. She'll go, foot rub, head scratch? (laughs) And I get up, and I walk in and pick up the lotion bottle and come back, and I rub her feet, and then I tip over, and she scratches my head while she's watching a movie. And it's a great thing, and it's one of those things that some people go a little bit too far into thinking that all physical touch means that you have to have something related to sex. And that's not necessarily the case. Physical touch can manifest itself in many innocuous ways that are just as important. Folks, I think, have overemphasized sex in our culture that we feel really slighted if something doesn't lead to that specific manifestation of physical touch. There are many ways for us to be able to express these five love languages without necessarily just going to sex all the time. In some of the folks that, that I read, uh, Philip Yancey comes to mind. He's one of my favorite authors from back a couple of decades ago when I was reading more of his stuff. And I think he had said something, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember the quote exactly. But it's something to the effect of, we have unfortunately swapped out soul to soul relationships for flesh to flesh. We have reversed the order in which they should come. And that's what I try to teach couples that are thinking about getting married, that we really need to fall in love with the person first and not with their body. And we have put flesh to flesh way above soul to soul. And then we think that if we can just get the sex life going well, that will save the marriage. But we've distorted that so badly that we're missing the soul to soul. We're not really friends with that other person. We're just trying to scratch an itch, and we're trying to meet our specific physical need, and if they won't do that, we feel like that they're slighting us, which doesn't have anything at all to do with the kind of agape love which puts others before ourselves. And so this five love languages can help us learn to serve others, speak their language, Not be so concerned about scratching our own itch, but how can I display to them in their love language that I really appreciate them? We're finding that there are many practical ways to express these love languages, and all of them are ways for God to channel these fruits of the Spirit, or fruit, through us to other people so that they can see Him more clearly. And I think you had put something down that resonated with me, too, in your notes, which is God actually uses all five of these love languages.
1: He does. And uh, I, I think it's not unexpected that we relate to those on a human level that he being the author of love, he being love, I won't want to say, well, I guess we can say incarnate with, with Jesus. But beyond that, before we had Jesus as our role model, he was demonstrating those things to us in really practical ways. I mean, we look at, at acts of service. I mean we saw Jesus would heal people. That was a service to them when they had a physical need. Uh, we saw that He provided food for them in vast settings with, you know four thousand or five thousand men plus women and children. And then, of course, the ultimate act of service, He went to the cross to pay for our sin. I mean, those are are ways, very practically, that he felt with physical needs and spiritual needs. And they were all demonstrations of his love for us.
0: Yeah, no kidding. He did. He was the ultimate expression of an acts of service giver. And boy, did he ever. He he just gave himself away, literally gave himself away. Yeah. And the second one about gift giving, he certainly gives gifts. All good gifts come from heaven. Everything good that we have on earth is a gift from God. He showers us even with the material blessings that we have. We sing a song on Sundays sometimes, about even the air that we breathe is just something that's a gift from him. You know, every breath I take is a reminder that this is a gift from God.
1: Well, and he also says that if you will seek me, I will provide all of these things that you need. You don't have to worry about that. It's all covered. It's taken care of. All you need to do is make sure that your relationship with me is in good standing, and and I will provide everything that you need. I think that's a But it's one of the most quoted scriptures that we have out of Matthew six. And uh, we just can see that he loves us so much that he wants to shower us with those things that we need.
0: It's so good. And he is so generous that way. He's also such a really good listener. I mean, just incredible. You talk about when my dad showed up and he would just be there to listen to me play trombone. He was there for me. God is always there for us. He is faithful. He's the ultimate expression of faithfulness and gentleness. I mean, he's gentle as he listens and we can pound on his chest when we're angry at him. And he just keeps taking it and he keeps pouring his grace and love out to us to say, I know,
1: I get it. You got any more? I still love you. (laughs) Yeah, I had a friend who said, when I'm in the car, it's not uncommon for me to yell at God. He says, because he can take it and he wants us to seek him Even if we're unhappy with how things are going, if we're unhappy with Him or how we are not necessarily seeing what's ultimately best for us as He does, He allows us to express that. But on the other side of that coin, He will listen to us when we are actively seeking Him in prayer, when we're communing with Him, when we're expressing how much He means to us before we're talking about those things that we feel like we need. One of the things that's been hitting me over and over and over again, sometimes multiple times a day, is that if we want to be in the dead center of his will, then we will be praying for people to come to know him. Mm -hmm. You know, if we are working towards sharing the gospel, then we are smack dab dead in the center of what he wants most of all. And he's there for us to build us up to be ready to do that, and also to be praying for those people that we know need Him, that are important to us, they are way more important to Him.
0: I've been praying just this morning because I've been listening to a song by the Christian band called We the Kingdom. They've got a song called Dancing on Waves, and it is so powerful. I just, I just get caught up in my prayer for a couple of people I've been praying for this last couple of weeks. I'm just praying that God who chases us down and invites us out to be with him so that we can literally be dancing on waves with him. I'm sure that that was inspired by Simon Peter, man. I just want so badly for them to get what we get and to understand that his expression of calling us to be in a relationship with himself. He wants to call us his children, which is a word of affirmation. In fact, and I want them to hear that and get it and experience that love from God, which he is constantly trying to pour out to us if we'll just settle down long enough to be still and know that he's really God and that he's doing that.
1: Yeah, he He wants that relationship with each one of his children more than the children want that relationship. Yeah. You know, one of the the love languages that we are able as humans to demonstrate, that physical touch, that's a little tougher for God to do now that Jesus has been taken out of the world. Yeah. But we can certainly look back at how he interacted with know his disciples and the people that were around him Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we notice so often is that when he touched people they were healed you know whether it was touching the garment for the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years or whether it was taking some mud and making a salve that would heal blind eyes You know, so many times i mean we see all over the place the scriptures say you know he was there healing them before it moves on to a particular story that uh, the writers were wanting to share. One of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier was we never see that Jesus was specifically healing one of the disciples. It was almost as if, you know, in the everyday touching of a shoulder or giving a hug or whatever, that they were just being healed all the time. And we don't necessarily know that that is scripturally accurate, but it sure sort of seems to be.
0: Yeah. I had never thought about that until you mentioned it, as a matter of fact. But you don't. You just don't read about any of the 12 saying, oh, he had to take a day off today. He had to call in sick.
1: It just doesn't happen. Thomas was sneezing all morning, and so Jesus touched him. I have a feeling there's going to be a time in the future, not necessarily too far away, when we will get to experience that in a very real sense. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't that be something? And I've got to say, I get to point to my lovely wife again, because I've shared this story several seasons ago, but I've witnessed how God uses her to bring peace into other people through her touch. And it's a God-given gift. I, I can't explain it apart from that. There was a lady from our church in the hospital. She was hours away from going to heaven. So she was in the last few hours of her physical life. And the real her, of course, Is going to be expressed through her soul because death takes the body but god takes the soul when you're a believer and she was a believer but she was just in such torment and pain physically but when joy showed up and just took her hand all that stopped and she was peaceful and then instant joy let go of her hand and started to try to walk back and talk to another person she started screaming again and joy walked back and said well i guess i need to hold her hand for a while (laughs) But it was miraculous to witness that happen because it was that touch. And I thought, man, that's an expression of what I'm sure people saw time and time again through Jesus and his touch. And fortunately for us, we get to have that touch in our spirit by Jesus because of his spirit resonating with our spirit when we open ourselves to him and allow him in to be the Lord of our life.
1: And well, one of the things that we really want to do in this season is to provide practical examples on how we can actually demonstrate fruit of the Spirit. You know, you had mentioned something about a phlebotomist, and this might be an example on how somebody would use a, a word of affirmation. So why don't you share that little story?
0: Yeah, this one happened just after you and I had started talking about what we thought we might want to do in season six. And so I started to have my antenna up about fruit of the spirit. I had to have some blood drawn for a couple of simple tests. They came back great, by the way. Thank you very much. And I got into the phlebotomist's little office, and she kind of just started barking orders at me. Uh, She wasn't just in a hurry. She was just downright rude. (laughs) She goes, scoot over. It's like I was a five-year-old or something. Now, my fleshly nature goes back to those times when I was mistreated somehow by some authority figure, maybe at school or whatever. And so I started to get miffed. And I thought, OK, what are the fruits of the spirit? Because the fruit of the flesh is that I'm going to get upset. And I said, I thought, OK, what are the fruit? There's love, joy, peace. Well, how can I love this person in an agape sense? How can I show her that I care about her? I said, well, I'm going to have to exhibit some self-control if I'm going to do that, because I... I Don't want to say what I feel like saying. (laughs) I want to show her kindness and I have to be patient. So all these things are starting to wrap themselves together in the expression of the fruit of the spirit. So I thought, okay, here's a little word of affirmation. I did remember about a year earlier or so when she took my blood before and she did a great job. I could barely feel the needle. She did it quickly. She was efficient. And I said, you know, I'm really glad I got you this time because I had you before last time I was in here and you did a really good job. Now that was the spirit working through me because that was not what the flesh was telling me to do. And she instantly changed her countenance, just flipped instantly. It was like somebody flipped a switch and she went from being grumpy. I don't know what side of the bed she had gotten up on, but I don't think it was the right side, but all of a sudden she was a smiling person. She touched me on the shoulder gently and she goes, well, thank you, buddy. And from that time on, from the next two minutes, She talked to me uh, very kindly. She put the little tourniquet around my arm, patted it down, scrubbed it down with that stuff, stuck the needle in me in a way that was very soft and got it done quickly. And she said, well, I can't guarantee that you'll get me the next time, but I hope I get to see you again. And then I left the office. And I thought that was an expression to me of how God brings himself through us into a situation and it changes the atmosphere it changes everything about those dynamics and that's the fruit of the spirit at work. And I thought, Oh, this is powerful. Because all I was doing was just being a little bit more fruit aware. And I tried to love this person in a way that I thought might be helpful. And God gave me the right way to do it.
1: And it changed everything. And I didn't get stuck really hard. (laughs) Yeah. And it took you out of that equation because your flesh would have said to, to counter back in a mean way And you know what was going to happen. She was going to stab you really hard. That's right. And and as I look at these these practical things, there are times like that where it's almost just a chance encounter where you can make a difference in somebody's life. Or it can somebody that you relate to all the time, whether it's in the family at at home or whether it's in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend a lot of time with people that you work with. And at that point, you might want to start looking out for what is their primary language. How do they feel appreciated? You know, in the case of my coworker who would bring in cinnamon rolls, she was expressing her way, which we appreciated because we like cinnamon rolls, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't necessarily coming at it from our perspective. So if you'll take the time and start to see how people react and see, oh, well I said something nice and they really perked up or I gave them part of my lunch because uh, they said something about my cupcake and you go, oh, maybe it's gifts or maybe it's just being there and providing a, a listening ear for a couple extra minutes. So you know that it's that time factor. There's all sorts of different ways that they are going to appreciate what you do for them. But there's going to be one area that is going to be primary. And so maybe it's you want to do something extra nice for them. You know, when they say, oh, I need to go do this, and you say, well, I can do that for you and provide an act of service. Just be aware of where they're coming from, not necessarily how you want to express your appreciation for them, but how are they going to appreciate it more because of their primary language.
0: I love that. Yeah, listening for their language rather than just yelling louder. In your language right which is what we found in haiti it doesn't
1: help if they
0: don't speak your language to just say what you said louder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well um, and one of the things that came to mind as we were chatting through this was the story of somebody paying for the person's lunch that's in the car behind them at the drive-through and how sometimes it goes 40 deep where the first person starts it and then the next one does and the next one and the next It's just a little gift. It's kind of an act of service. So we can see there's lots of different ways that we can express our caring and our love for other people. And it's really a mirror of how God has already shown his love towards us. And it's possible that some of the things we've talked about today have shown that maybe our fellow theologians haven't started to experience that love of God. And they may need to take a step towards Christ that they've not ever done before. And there are some who may be thinking, gee, I haven't really really been showing love to other people. Some may be those in my family or those in my workplace or just with random strangers. So maybe we should ask God to step into those lives and make a big difference.
0: I appreciate that. I will certainly do that. I was watching a movie with my wife while I was rubbing lotion on her feet and she was scratching my head just the other night. And we saw that uh, a guy was trying to figure out how to talk to God. And a priest said, You just talk to him. (laughs) That's all prayer is. You're just talking to God. And I like that too. You don't have to have these and thous and King James Version speech. And so I would just word a prayer, something kind of like this, if you'd like to take that first step. It would go something like this God, I do want to take that step toward you. I want to open my life to you, my heart and my mind. And I want you to be the God of my life, the Lord of my life. And I need your forgiveness. I need your direction. I need your wisdom. And I know you can give that to me. And I get that. And so I just open myself up to you right now. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for providing your Holy Spirit to continue to guide me into your truth, which is the truth, especially the truth about Christ and who he is and what he did for me. And help me to grow to be more like him every day, as I know you will, because your spirit does that. You transform me into a new creation. And I pray this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me talk to you again, fellow theologians, for just a second before I pray that second prayer. That's a prayer that a lot of people don't know how to lead other people in a prayer like that. And I would say that's a good model for just do it off the top of your head. It just needs to be real and authentic. It doesn't have to be a memorized prayer. When that vacuum cleaner salesman that I mentioned several episodes ago came into our house and cleaned our carpet for us in a demonstration, and then I was able to say, now that you've given me your spiel, would you mind if I give you something that I think is even more valuable than a vacuum cleaner? (laughs) And I shared my faith in Christ with him. He actually knelt on our carpet and prayed a prayer like that, and I just gave him off the top of my head a prayer like that as a model, and he repeated that, and he accepted Christ that night. It's amazing what God can do if we'll just help lead people into the steps they need to take in order to start following Christ. And it really doesn't have to be rocket science. We tend to make it more complicated than it is. It's just talking to God and guiding them into that kind of process as well. Now, for the rest of you, fellow theologians, who are thinking about how can I apply this uh, fruit of the spirit awareness that we're starting to build into our lives now, you could say a prayer, something like this. Dear God, I do want to have my antenna up, so to speak. I want to be listening for your Holy Spirit, and I want to be hearing you more clearly in your promptings. Help me to become more aware of the fruit of the Spirit. And as you give me an opportunity, help me to incorporate these fruits in my daily life so that I can express you and your character in everyday situations, just like the ones that Rick and Clark have described Uh, that they have witnessed and that they have experienced. Help me to become much more aware and help me to express you to others so that I become a reflection of you to others, a reflection of your glory, knowing that they will see you more clearly because I want them to be drawn to you so that they can have that same kind of wonderful, blessed relationship and that someday you can call them children as well, that they will submit to your leadership knowing that it's a sweet surrender because you want the very best for us and you love us you love us so much that you even sent your son to die in our place on a cross that's an amazing kind of love greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends you did that for us help us to do that for others i pray in the name of christ amen
1: amen one of the things that we would like to see from this series is how when you have your antenna up things are are coming to mind so feel free to share with us what's happening as you grow and are demonstrating more fruit than you have in the past because we would love to hear those stories just as the ones that have come to mind for us we share with you share yours with us
0: we would indeed and you can email us with a story that you've got or in a, a way that god has revealed one of these character qualities at work and you can send that to Monday Afternoon Theologians at gmail.com
1: simple as very that. simple send them off we'd be happy to see what He's doing in your life, and we might actually share one or more of those in a next episode or so.
0: We would love to be able to do that. You betcha. And we're going to be looking at the next fruit of the Spirit next time around, which, as according to my list, would be joy. And so we do hope that God's going to continue to reveal His Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit to you more and more, and that you'll join us next time for another episode of... Monday, Monday afternoon, afternoon. theologians, theologians. 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 theologians.